Hi there. My name is David Dollar, and welcome to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. Okay, so this is the theme music part. Um, this week, imagine, imagine Lion King. I just can't wait to be king. There's Simba going back and forth. Everybody look left. Everybody look right. There's Zazu yelling, not yet. The music is playing, and all of a sudden, a booming voice comes in, and you hear the Magic on a Dollar podcast with David Dollar. There's a pixie disc wand. You imagine Tinkerbell flying through, and the music sort of fades out. And then I come back in saying, hey, thanks once again for the Magic on a Dollar podcast. You guys are listening, uh, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that more than you possibly know. So how do you like our theme music here? Somebody left a review on iTunes and said it was the best theme music ever. And I kind of like this idea because, you know, you can imagine your own theme music. Some podcasts, most podcasts actually, will give you theme music, and that's the music you have to hear. But not here. No, no, no. I give you the freedom. To have the own ma- your own magic, the magic that you want for your theme music. <laughs> exactly. We'll do that until we actually have some theme, some, some theme music. I mean, who needs music playing in the background, right? Uh, again, my name is David Dollar, and I appreciate you guys downloading this show once again. Um, a lot of people downloaded the show, and I'm getting emails from people that I don't know, which is a big deal because if you get an email from somebody you know, that means, hey, it's a friend of mine who has contacted me to say, hey, good show. If you get one from somebody you don't know, that means you're doing a pretty good job because somebody you don't know took the time out to say, hey, I only know you for your podcast, and I like it, and I really appreciate that. Go to iTunes. Please leave a review. I'd love that if you did that for me. Um, I have no way to thank you other than to, other than to continue to give you a show, uh, hopefully, that will get better and better as time goes on. Right at the top of the show here, MyResumeLady.com. My friend Amy Campbell is a resume specialist. She's a LinkedIn specialist, and she is a marketing specialist. She will help you with your resume. You're thinking to yourself, I, I, I have a job, but I need a better job, or I don't have a job, and you're looking at your resume, and it says your name in a fancy font. Probably Comic Sans, and down below it's got Fry Cook and Substitute Teacher for three months, and also under skills, I play a mean game of Minecraft. Um, you know what? She might be able to work with that and make you into something a little bit better. Uh, resumes are all over the place, so she'll take your resume, she'll make it into something workable, and um, she's done. She and her team have helped over you know hundreds, maybe thousands of people with LinkedIn and with marketing, with resumes, getting better jobs. Uh, hopefully, she can help you as well. Contact her and say, hey. Uh, so David Dollar told me to contact you. Contact her on MyResumeLady.com and just say, hey, uh, David Dollar should contact you and you could help me. And uh, she'll say absolutely and she'll do what she can because she's awesome. Also, thank you very much to our producer, Clay Shaver, who is the host of the Remodeling Clay podcast. Now, this is a podcast that comes out every Thursday morning and the tagline on it is the best version of you. And really, it, that's kind of what it is. It's basically a it's a podcast, a little bit of a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of snark, a little bit of fun. Um, no sunshine blown anywhere. It's all basically practical encouragement for you, helping you be the best version of you. Take a listen to it and I think you'll come out of it going, you know what? That's pretty good. That's that's some stuff I hadn't thought about. I'll, I'll think about that, you know, and be a little bit better, which is awesome. Uh, once again, Clay, thank you so much for putting this show together. When you hear the music in the background, when you hear anything going on and the show sounds a little cleaner, that's all Clay doing his stuff because guess what? I, I couldn't do it very well. Halloween is this week, of course, depending on when you're listening to this. It may be tomorrow. It may be today. Happy Halloween. It may be yesterday. Hope you had a great Halloween. It may be a few days ago. I don't know. Uh, but Halloween is this week. So we'll do some Halloween stuff later on in this episode. We've got some news coming up, too. The Festival of the, Festival of the Arts is coming back to Epcot. Brand new Pixar Fest going to be released in Disneyland. We've got that coming in today. I just found out about that a few minutes ago. So I had to add that in the news segment as well. Um, well, also be talking about some other stuff. A Toy Story lunchbox is coming. What is that? Well, just keep listening. But first, let's do some quick hits as we go around the world in 80 seconds. 
Olaf, debuting as a Macy's Day float, float, Macy's Day parade float on Thanksgiving. You'll see Olaf strumming down, the, being carried down, floating down the streets of New York City. As he is one of the balloons now that's going to be released, which is pretty exciting. Josh Gad, the voice of Olaf in Frozen, was ecstatic. If you go look at what he said online, it's, it's pretty cool. He's pretty excited about this. Fireworks for blind people. What does that even mean? That means Disney is developing technology that allows seeing impaired and, uh, and blind people with eyesight challenges to be able to experience fireworks through a sensory technology. Don't know what that is yet, but I had to mention it because, gum, that's cool. Ale and Compass Restaurant opening up at the end of November. That will be replacing the Captain's Grill over at the Yacht Club. I've eaten at the Captain's Grill before. Good food, uh, lots of good steak, good breakfast, and so the Ale and Compass will be opening up there replacing that. So hopefully, um, hopefully it's going to be just as good. MCO at the airport in Orlando. That's the international airport. If you go there, be prepared to wait a little bit longer for your screening as they're doing some additional extra screening there at MCO. So that's something to consider, something to think about. Um, just give a little extra time as they are now looking for new stuff. And finally, a Four Diamond Hotel will open at 2021 in Disneyland off the Disneyland Resort. They will be taking up some of the downtown Disney district. There will be some There will be some restaurants and some shows that will be closing. ESPN Zone, Rainforest Cafe, AMC Theater, Earl of Sandwich, all looking for a new place to go. And that is your news around the world in 80 seconds or you know, 85 as it may. So let's look at some uh, let's look at some real news here as we kind of go a little bit deeper in some of these things as we clear off the uh, little computer tabs here as we get to the good stuff. Um, there is a rumor going around now that Disney will be letting non park non resort staying guests, and that's a clumsy way of saying of saying people staying off property, not on property. Uh, they will be allowing those people to do fast passes at sixty days out, and this is a rumor because it's not affirmed, but it's one of those things where a lot of people are all saying the same thing. So I'm kind of thinking this might happen. What is a good neighbor hotel? A good neighbor hotel is something that uh, it's a hotel around the Disney area, and Disney partners with these hotels. They go in, they do tours, they they kind of sightsee, they make sure that they meet Disney standards. And we can book those good neighbor hotels, and they kind of have a lot of the a lot of the uh, the Disney connections there. And you know, you may go to a whatever inn uh, way down the street that may not be a good ho- a good neighbor hotel, but right next to it maybe a you know maybe a Marriott that is. And that's not saying anything about the whatever inn. That's just saying that it's not connected to Disney. So I do recommend that if you stay offsite, I do recommend looking at the Good Neighbor Hotels. There are several of them there on property, um, and it's it's something to consider. There at Disney Springs, they have seven of them: the uh, the Lake Buena Vista Resort and Spa, the Double Tree. They have two Hiltons, Holiday Inn, Wyndham Garden, and a Best Western. I have stayed at the Best Western before, and it's very very nice. Um, but anyway, if you stay on property, you get fast passes. You can do those sixty days in advance. If you're off property, theoretically, you can do them thirty days in advance. Basically, you, that means you get to do your fast passes early uh, early on. Well, they're looking at letting Good Neighbor Hotels and non-Disney hotels offer those guests 60-day fast passes uh, sometime before the end of this year. The booking will still be done through My Disney Experience, the same way that other resort guests make their reservations. So that should be interesting to follow. There's good and bad in both of this, and I won't get into that today. We'll see what happens when the news comes out, if it's official or not. But uh, something to keep an eye on because if you're off property, that's a that's a big deal because that's one of the things to stay on property for is fast passes. So we'll see where this goes. The second year in a row, Epcot will be doing the Festival of the Arts. Now, what is that? That is basically a place to go drink wine and eat good food and see some cool stuff. Um, like Epcot's kind of becoming this this festival park at this point where uh, part of the year they'll do the Food and Wines Festival. Part of the year they do the Flower and Garden Festival in the spring. And now in the, or in the winter part, about six weeks or so, they'll be doing the uh, – the Festival of the Arts. It's January the 2nd 
through February the 19th. Uh, basically, the most, and this is what Disney has to say, our most all-inclusive celebration of the arts returns to Epcot for the second sensational year. Introduce your inner aficionado to the annual Festival of the Arts, an exciting extravaganza replete with phenomenal artists, gourmet fare, musical performances, stage productions, and other amazing acts. We've rolled everything you love about the arts into one spectacular salute. Let me go up and seven days a week with various entertainment offerings planned each week, so pack your palette and your palette. Because magic truly is in the eye of the beholder. It's an art festival, and that's what it is. You see a lot of art, a lot of paintings, things like that, uh, sculptures, structures, things. But you have a lot of wine, and you can drink a lot. You can eat a lot of food, so it's pretty cool. Um, I heard a lot of good things about it last year. I didn't go, but I've heard some great things about it, and I would like to go. So we'll, uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. The Toy Story Lunchbox. Now, Toy Story Land, of course, is coming to Hollywood Studios sometime. I'm guessing Memorial Day is going to be the opening. They haven't released it yet, so do not take that as gospel. Please don't run around telling everybody. David Dollar on the Magic and the Dollar podcast said that it's going to open on Memorial Day weekend. I don't know that. Um, I don't mind you telling people about the podcast, but throw that caveat in there going, he doesn't really know what he's talking about. Um, so what it means basically is they'll have a Toy Story land, as I've said before in previous episodes, and the dining location, people are thinking, oh, it's going to be Pizza Planet. It's going to be Pizza Planet, right? has to be Pizza Planet. Nope. They're going to do Woody's Lunchbox, and uh, it's going to be a lunchbox structure, a giant lunchbox, because when you go into Toy Story Land, you are toys. You're the size of toys. You're small like toys. So you go in there, and you'll be a toy, and you'll be able to eat at the lunchbox. The the artwork shows the um, the, the sliding glass, the, the service windows as Tupperware, which is phenomenal, which is amazing. Um, now, you wonder why they're not doing Pizza Planet. Now, I can't give you an exact answer on this because I don't know for sure. Uh, I don't know the official reason, but here's my thing. Again, Disney is all about story. I've said it a thousand times, and I'll say it a thousand more. Disney's all about story. So if you're a toy, it doesn't make any sense for Pizza Planet to be normal size. If you're a toy, imagine that you were approximately six to eight inches tall, maybe shorter, maybe a little taller. A building like Pizza Planet would be 400 feet tall. You know, compared to, I mean, I guess percentage-wise or proportion-wise. So they have to have something that fits with you being a toy. So guess what? It's going to be a lunchbox. It's a giant lunchbox. If you're only six inches tall, then that lunchbox looks enormous. And that's kind of going to be the story there. That's a, that's a guess. Again, I could be wrong, but that's what I'm going to go with on that. Um, they've also announced the Pixar Fest, which is pretty cool. Let me see if I can pull this up here on my phone, my quick phone, because it just came out. Like, it was just released a few minutes ago before I started recording. I saw the uh, the... The, the information from uh, DisneyParksBlog.com. The celebration of friendship throughout Disneyland beginning April 13th in 2018. Disney Pixar stories will be told during Pixar Fest. This limited time celebration of friendship and beyond will feature a debut of an all-new fireworks spectacular and the return of two favorite parades as well as even more beloved Pixar characters, new decor, atmosphere entertainment, themed food, beverage, and merchandise items. Merchandise items, stuff to buy. More stuff to buy, so don't forget that. Uh, Together Forever, a Pixar nighttime spectacular will light up Disneyland Park beginning April 13th. In addition to dazzling pyrotechnics and memorable music, the theme of friendship ever present in Pixar films is celebrated in this nighttime spectacular. And don't forget also that uh, the Paint the Night Parade will be coming back. Paint the Night is one of the most beloved and heralded parades in Disney history. It was big in Disneyland, and now it's going to be moving over to Disney California Adventure. It'll be featuring many Pixar stories, including characters from Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., and Cars. I've never seen the parade. I've seen it on YouTube, and it looks 
phenomenal. I cannot wait to see that parade in real life, and I will have to go see it. Uh, they'll be showing some Pixar films like For the Birds and Lava at there at the Sunset, Sunset Showcase Theater in Hollywoodland. Um, they'll be having new, of course, new merchandise, things like that. You have new Pixar characters that all come out and, and meet and greet and things. It looks like a lot of fun. Now, California Adventure, of course, Paradise Pier will turn into Pixar Pier uh, sometime in the next few years, and so I imagine this is kind of the first step towards doing that, which is going to be kind of cool. Um, is that all our news? I think that might be all of our news. Of course, the uh, – well, real quick, the uh, Eat to the Beat concert series this year, this week, uh, down at Epcot will be featuring Hanson, uh, Tiffany, as her last performance is there. Hanson, Living Color, the uh, the uh, band that does um, Cult of Personality, and a band called Blue October. I, I don't know what Blue October is. Please don't shoot me. I, I have no idea what Blue October is. I just – I don't know. I'm sure they're great. I'm sure they're wonderful. But if you want to know, they will be at Epcot at the Eat to the Beat concert series there in World Showcase for the Food and Wine Festival. So uh, go Blue October. This week in Disney history, in 1998 this week, Walt Disney World's newest attraction, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, opened to the Magic Kingdom. This is the pavilion that formerly held If You Had Wings, If You Could Fly, Delta Dream Flight, and Take Flight. So they've had several things going through there over the course of the Magic Kingdom's history since 1971, but this, of course, I think will stay for a long time because Toy Story is still a big deal, and it will be uh, uh, it'll be running for, for quite, a, quite a long time. But it's like your Space Ranger Spin is a great attraction, so it celebrates 29 years. 19 years. Celebrates 19 years. Hashtag mathing. I will never tell you that I'm good at math. Also, opening this week uh, in Disney history, uh, Brother Bear opened up in 2003. Monsters, Inc. opened up in 2001. Wreck-It Ralph in 2012, Chicken Little in 2005, and hitting um, hitting VHS and Laserdisc this week. I just had to mention this because it's funny. Hitting VHS and Laserdisc this week in 1996 was Toy Story. And Fantasia was in 1991, and Beauty and the Beast was in 1992. Now, remember those days for some of you who are a little older, um, you know, in your early 40s, whatever, you might remember those days that it took a long, long time. For uh, for something to hit VHS now, a movie is in a theater in July, and all of a sudden September, maybe October, it's on video. You can start downloading it or whatever. Toy Story being released on Laserdisc and VHS in 1996 this week means it took a year for it to for it to premiere, premiere in theaters and then hit video, which is pretty funny to me. Um, so this is Halloween week, and I saw a movie. I wanted to give you a quick movie review. I saw a movie. That I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, this is a cult classic, and what I mean by that is a movie that didn't really take off for the box office. It didn't make a t- didn't make a ton of money that year, um, but it, it, since then it's become this beloved classic that people just love and they quote and they reference a lot of times, especially this time of the year. Other examples of what I call a cult classic would be a movie like Office Space. If you've never seen Office Space, it's something that people just adore now. Maybe not so much then. The Big Lebowski is one of those kind of movies that uh, not didn't make a lot of money at the box office, but since then it's just this. People love it. People love it. Another one would be from the 80s, The Last Unicorn. My good friend Michael, my co- the co-host of the uh, Deucecast Movie Show, which I helped co-host, which just dropped its 300th episode, by the way. Get to that in a few minutes. Um, no, he loves The Last Unicorn, an animated feature from the 80s. Again, not very popular in the 80s, and now it's taken on this new life that people just love, The Last Unicorn. So cult classic. The movie I'm talking about in particular is Hocus Pocus. <laughs> The bones and then the back. Back in 1693, the people of Salem, Massachusetts, witches, thought they got rid of the Sanderson sisters for good. Uh, We shall be back. 
100 years later, it's Halloween Eve, and they're back. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, home. Are you boys a little old to be trick-or-treating? We're <laughs> talking about three-engine hags versus the 20th century. How bad can it be? Now they're digging up old friends. <laughs> and running amok. Amok, amok. Looking for the one thing they miss most. You stay for supper. I'm not hungry. Oh, but we are. <laughs> Walt Disney Pictures presents Bette Midler. Oh, hello. Sarah Jessica Parker. Without dance with me. And Kathy Najimi. Hocus Pocus. Into the night! They love to fly. And it shows. Good night. Sleep tight. No screaming. <laughs> From 1993, starring Bette Midler, starring Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy Najimy as witches. Uh, back in the Salem Witch Trial, they were they were put on trial and uh, they escaped somehow into this into this punishment where they kind of disappeared and they were all, could only be revived by a virgin lighting a black candle in a in a, in a haunted house or a house that's kind of haunted. Uh, of course, you know we. We're in Salem, and then we cut to the modern day, which, of course, was 1993. Uh, Omri Katz plays Max. Thora Birch's little sister, Danny. Vanessa Shaw's Allison. And so those are your three main protagonists. And you have a cat who um, who is voiced by actor Sean Murray, uh, who at the beginning of the movie was turned into a cat and so on. So whatever. Um, I'll be honest with you. This is one of those films that I think I saw at the wrong time because – People love this movie. And let me just tell you, if you ever want to start a debate on Facebook, okay, you can do that with politics. You can do it with social issues. You can say, I believe this or I don't believe that or I think this should be illegal or whatever. And you might get some things going. But this is one of those things you can really get something going by going online and saying, I love or I hate Hocus Pocus. Now, I did neither one of those. I just mentioned on Facebook that uh, that I had seen Hocus Pocus. And honestly, guys, it's not that great. I didn't think it was that good. Um, it got a good response on Facebook. All of my friends on Facebook decided that they wanted to tell me they didn't like it either or they loved it and you're breaking my heart and I can't believe you'd say that. And this is one of those polarizing films. It's it's very cheesy and that's the word I keep seeing over and over as people are describing Hocus Pocus, that it is very cheesy and it is very cheesy. Uh, the effects are a little cheesy, but Midler has you know um, like this mouthpiece that her teeth are very large and her hair's all over the place and said Jessica Parker is very white and uh, I mean very pale white, very pasty white and um, you know she plays Mary, uh, not Mary, she plays uh, Sarah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Kathy Jimmy, who you might know from Sister Act and other films as well, she plays uh, she plays Mary, one of the witches and it's entertaining. I found myself chuckling a few times here and there, but it is really, truly a movie to me that doesn't really hold up as well, having seen it for the first time. Another movie that you might love, but if you go back and watch it now, that might not be as good is Jumanji. I really enjoyed Jumanji when I was a kid. I loved it. If you watch it now, the effects don't hold up, and it's kind of the same way with Hocus Pocus. I don't want to dive too far into movie reviews because that's my other podcast, but um, if you've never seen it, I do suggest you see it because it's one of those that people talk about. And they actually have a Hocus Pocus show there at the Halloween party, uh, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, every year in uh, September and October at Magic Kingdom and Disney World. And, you know, it's fun to know. It'll, next time I go to the party, it will be fun to see who the characters are and, like, okay, I understand this now. They did some fun music or whatever, but overall, this is not one of my favorite films. So, 
Uh, you're welcome to write to me if you'd like. Uh, Magic on a dollar podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on Hocus Pocus. Please don't let that be a reason you give me a one star on uh, on iTunes if that's what you decide to do. You're welcome to call it. You're welcome to email me and yell at me for not liking Hocus Pocus. Sorry, it's just okay. What can I tell you? So <laughs> that's Hocus Pocus for you there. Maybe we'll try to do some movie reviews. Got Thor Ragnarok coming up, and I'll be happy to talk about that pretty soon because I'm pretty sure that I'm going to enjoy the heck out of that movie. Of course, Coco, the Pixar film, is coming up in a few weeks as well, and Disney's got some other stuff coming up. And you know, maybe we'll reach back to the archives and talk about some older Disney films that either I've seen um, but want to talk about, or maybe some stuff that I haven't seen. As a Disney fan. There are several Disney films that I have not seen that I have to get. Bed Dobbs and Broomsticks, I've never seen it. I one of those, It's one of those films that's always escaped me. When I say that, people go, oh, you call yourself a Disney fan? I, I do. I've just never seen Bed Dobbs and Broomsticks. And so I'm going to have to gonna have to search that one up. And there are a few more out there that I just haven't seen yet. And, and I'll get to them one after the other. And we'll, this is a good excuse to talk about them on the show. So let's talk about The Haunted Mansion. I'm really excited to talk about The Haunted Mansion because I love the Haunted Mansion. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the Haunted Mansion. I am your host, your ghost host. <laughs> Kindly step all the way in, please, and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. Uh, it's a ride that was created and crafted way back in the day, um, in the early part of the Magic Kingdom. It's uh, it's it's basically it places you inside a haunted mansion resided by 999 happy haunts. Now this is a real just kind of logistical stuff here. Haunted Mansion features a ride-through tour in Omni Mover vehicles. They call them Doom buggies. Basically, they look like pods. Um, it's a walk-through show to begin with, and the queue is kind of a walk-through. You get into the Doom buggy, you go through, you see some scary stuff, you see some funny stuff. Um, they've got one at Disneyland, they've got one at Disney World, they've got a Phantom Manor and a Mystic Manor at Disneyland Paris and Hong Kong Disneyland. And I've heard that the Hong Kong Disneyland Mystic Manor is unbelievably awesome. I've also heard that the one Phantom Manor is really cool too. I will tell you, I love the Haunted Mansion at Disney World, and I love the one at Disneyland. Now, there are a few subtle differences, and we'll kind of get to that in a few minutes, but um, it's about an eight-minute ride or so. Uh, the Ghost Toast is voiced by Paul Fries, and ironically, and I wanted to mention this too in our little Disney history here, uh, this day in Disney history, on November 2nd, we lost Paul Fries. He passed away. Um, he was a popular voice actor. He's known for the Haunted Mansion narration, so when you get on the Haunted Mansion and you hear somebody go, I am your host, your ghost host. Just like that. Um, that is Paul Fries. He voiced several pirates in the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. He also did Professor Ludwig von Drake in a Disney anthology television series. Uh, he started his acting career in 1942. He was active for 40 years. And during that time, Fries was involved in 250 films. Actually, more than that. Cartoons, TV appearances, and such. Uh, did a lot of commercials. He was the Pillsbury Doughboy for many years. And also, if you remember the Jolly Green Giant. Ho, 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 Green Giant. He was the elf. Not the ho, ho, Green Giant part, but he was the elf guy. Um, did some great Disney stuff as well. He we lost him in 1986. He was a Disney legend in 2006. So Paul Fries is the voice of the uh, of the ghost host in the Haunted Mansion. Now, let me walk through real quick, and then I'll just go on some random facts and stuff. If you walk through, you're walking to the, uh, to the Haunted Mansion the queue. You'll see a little graveyard there where you say Madame Leona, the... the I'm going to go with Disneyland. Okay, Disney World's a little bit... I'm sorry. I'm going to go with Disney World. Disneyland's a little different, but I'm going to go with Disney World because that's the one I'm most familiar with. So you walk through and you see the, the you see the, uh, the headstones. There's Madame Leona. Her eyes kind of move and stare at you. And if you don't know, 
it, it stays still for several minutes, and all of a sudden it'll, it'll, it'll open its eyes and kind of stare around and close its eyes. It's kind of creepy. Um, you walk into the mansion itself, the, the double doors, and you walk in, and it's very dark and everything, and you're kind of escorted through. There's paintings on the wall, and the paintings, if you get real close, they get real creepy, right? So you go into this circular room with no windows and no doors. Um... And so you have to try to find a way to escape. And so the room starts moving. Is the room is the ceiling actually rising or are you lowering? You don't really know. It's kind of a cool effect. Uh, of course, if you can't find a way of escape, as the host will tell you, there's always my way. The lightning flashes and you look up and there's a, there's a body hanging from the ceiling. A little macabre, but it's, it's far enough away that you don't really know what you're looking at. Um, if you don't know what you're looking at, I guess. So little kids shouldn't be too scared. You you then go from that room into a little queue, a little line where you see the doom buggies. You get in the doom buggies, and um, the doom buggy starts it takes off from there. It kind of takes you through toward the mansion. And you see real creepy stuff. And there's knocking on the doors, and you'll see a you'll see a, 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 a really scary grandfather clock. And there's a coffin with hands coming out of it, and you know there's bat eyes everywhere. And you see a um, you see a very long uh, little hallway with uh, weird things happening at the end, and there's creepy chairs, and you go through the little, there's like statue busts that are kind of following you as you go through, and there's an M.C. Escher-looking kind of staircase that's just bizarre. There's a piano with a piano player, and it's just crazy, a little creepy, and then you kind of go through to the Madame Leona scene where um, where the, the, the the head is kind of floating in a little crystal ball and she's making some sort of incantation and calling on the spirits you go through and then you go to the ballroom scene. The ballroom scene is magnificent. Um, it is one of my favorite scenes in all of Disney World, one of my favorite parts in all of Disney World uh, because you look down upon this ballroom and you see a table there and you see the ghosts and there's ghosts they're dancing and they're appearing and they're reappearing and there's ghosts they're flying through the air and there's two more over here they're having a gun they're having a dueling battle and the paintings are coming to life and it's just this, this incredible incredible ballroom uh, you know dinner scene you kind of have a few minutes or two through that you go through there you go through some other things you go through um you go through the, the bride, and she's holding an axe and everything, and she's kind of laughing at you. And then you come to the graveyard, and that's where you hear the grim, grinning ghosts theme music, uh, written by the Sherman Brothers, of course. And uh, it's it's pretty cool, because you go through the grave scene, and there's ghosts flying everywhere, and you hear the Grim Gonna Ghost song, which is a great song. It's one of my favorite Disney songs of all time. Uh, but you hear that song, and you kind of go through, you go down a little hill, and you see the gravestones. There's ghosts popping up everywhere, and you come around a corner, and, and there are the singing busts. Also, one of my favorite Disney visuals is the singing busts, because the singing busts there in front of you, um, they're singing the Grim Gonna Ghost song. Now, there's a rumor that uh, Walt Disney is one of those busts, and it's just not. It's 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 not Walt Disney. Um, I believe... Uh, uh, you know what? I'm not going to tell you who I think is on one of those buses because I don't want to get it wrong and I don't want people to, you know, email me and call me and tell me, hey, that's you, you don't know what you're talking about because that would just that would be terrible. Uh, but uh, the you, you kind of you end up out of the graveyard and then you kind of sort through. Uh, you go through the end of it and everything, and there's of course the, the bride again, and she's telling you, hurry back. Hurry back! Don't forget to bring your death certificate, um, which is pretty cool. So, uh, real quick correction: that was not written by the Sherman Brothers. The Grim Grinning Ghosts from the Haunted Mansion is written by Buddy Baker, with the lyrics written by Imagineer X Atencio. I want to make sure I got that right because that's a big deal. So, so that's the Haunted Mansion kind of walkthrough, ride through. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Haunted Mansion. It was really conceived early and early on by Ken Anderson, Imagineer, early in the day. Uh, they wanted to build a New Orleans-themed land in the area between Frontierland and Adventureland. This is in Disney World, or Disneyland, excuse me, Disneyland. Um, you know, New Orleans Square was uh, was was kind of going to be what the area was going to be. 
Um, but, and they they didn't want to do like something pristine. They wanted to kind of run down like an old haunted mansion with overgrown weeds and vines and trees and, and bats and boarded doors and windows. Kind of something that looks terrible. Walt Disney, however, did not like the idea of having this beautiful theme park and uh, having to walk through and see this ugly mansion right in the middle of it. And so he went to a mystery house in California, the famous Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California. And he loved the mansion because it has stairs to nowhere, doors that opened up to walls and elevators that don't go anywhere, just crazy things. And so, you know, he and, and Anderson kind of envisioned this this this, uh, this story where you have like the sea captain who killed his bride and hanged himself. And maybe the mansion belongs to an unfortunate family and uh, Disney villains and spooks are there. And, and so Imagineers Raleigh Crump and Yel Gancy, they created these stories in, in the studio, at, at, you know, for Disney. And so they started announcing it in 1963 that and they were going to, you know, premiere it and everything pretty soon. And, and so Mark Davis, Existencio, which I just mentioned, and Claude Coates contributed ideas to the project. Ken Anderson left the project. And so they decided that we, uh, Mark and Claude and X got together with Raleigh Crump, and they all worked on this thing together. Now, one of my favorite parts about this is that um, the main designers, Mark Davis and Claude Coates, had two different ideas for this ride. Mark Davis wanted this to be something funny. He wanted it to be hysteric. He wanted to laugh. He wanted to have a good time with it. Claude Coates wanted to have something kind of silly. He wanted to do something a little different. He want, Not silly, sorry, scary. He wanted to do something scary. He wanted to be creepy with it. He wanted to show something something crazy. Um, you know, he wanted to creep people out with it. So they came up with a compromise. So that's why the first part of the ride itself is very creepy. That's why the first part of the ride is you'll see the coffins and the doors and the knock on the doors and just the how, how creepy it is and how crazy it is. As you get to the ballroom scene, suddenly things go a little haywire and they get a little more fun. They get a little more um, they get a little more, more silly, more goofy in the ballroom scene uh, from there. You'll see actually hidden Mickey in the ballroom scene. Um, if you look down in the ballroom scene, you'll see a table down there. And on the corner of the table is three plates into a Mickey head. And that's called a hidden Mickey. It's something that doesn't really fit the scheme, but a hidden Mickey is kind of thrown in there. And we'll, we'll talk about hidden Mickeys at some point uh, pretty soon too. But you'll go through that and you'll see that. And that's when all the ghosts come up and you'll see the... Um, You'll see the caretaker in the graveyard scene holding a lantern. His knees are shaking and everything. That's the same face you'll see on the pole in the Jungle Cruise at Magic Kingdom because he's climbing up the pole because the rhinoceros or whatever and wolves or hyenas or whatever are under him. You know, he'll get the point in the end. Um, you'll see the same – it's the same mannequin, same like it. Uh, so with the Haunted Mansion, it's, it's part crazy, part creepy, and then part – silly and part fun. Uh, one of my favorite hidden Mickeys, it's kind of hard to see, but one of my favorites is when you go through the actual uh, graveyard scene itself, and as you're rounding that last corner, okay, if you look off to your right, you're sitting in the dune buggy, you look off to your right, over in the corner, there it, you know what, is it right or left? I can't remember which direction you're facing, but over in the corner, away from the door that you're about to go through, and you'll see the door you're about to go through, away from the door, you'll see a grim reaper. It's kind of standing off in the corner, kind of in a little alcove, a little grim reaper statue thing holding something. If you look real carefully at that thing he's holding, there's a Mickey head there. Now, you can only see it for maybe, I don't know, two seconds, maybe three seconds before the Doom Buggy turns, and then you can't see it anymore. Um, but it's one of my favorite hidden Mickeys. Haunted Mansion is a fantastic ride. Um, it's It can be a little creepy. It can be a little scary for the kids. So I want to make sure that you understand that, uh, you know, maybe go on, a, go on a ride through and everything with your kids. So that way they'll or go on go on YouTube and do a ride through with your kids on the video. That way they'll kind of see what they're looking at. And they'll see what they're doing and everything. Um, they'll see what they're, they're they're in for. When I was seven, I refused to go on the haunted mansion. Uh, I didn't want to go because I was scared of ghosts. I didn't like ghosts. I was scared of the dark. My my par- my parentals, my grandparents actually took me on it anyway, and I cried and screamed all the way through. 
So I will caution any children that are scared of the dark to, you know, maybe consider not going on to a little older. Uh, my family and I, my wife and I, were getting on the Haunted Mansion. We were in line, and there was a little boy there. This is like two years ago. There was a little boy there, and he had his hands on the rail, and he was screaming to high heaven. Mother was there trying to pull him on. Hey, come on. It's okay. It's going to be fine. It's okay. It's okay. You can do Come on. Come on. Come with me. You can do it. He was just screaming. Just Screaming top of his lungs would not go on. She finally had to take him out. So you don't want that to happen to your kids. So go on YouTube. You'll ride through on Haunted Mansion. Kind of look for it. Look through it. Figure out, is this something my kids will do? Um, real quick, before you end up with Haunted Mansion, before you finish, two things. The ballroom scene is done very cool. It's, it's done with a what's called a Pepper's Ghost um, uh, Pepper's Ghost Illusion. It's a technique created in, in amusement parks, and it's done other places as well. Also, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg used this technique to make Tupac Sh- Shakur appear at the 2012 Coachella Music Arts Festival. Um, and of course, Tupac's been gone a long time, but they made his hologram appear there. And so it's done basically, as you're going around the, the Haunted Mansion, and you're going in front of the ballroom scene, you don't see it, but directly under you, under the Doom Buggy, is the actual room where the actual like actual figures are and they're dancing and they're moving and so there's there's a set of mirrors and glasswork between that room and the room that you're seeing so if you actually went down into the room that you're seeing you wouldn't see anything except for a table a uh, table and some some props and everything there would be no ghosts there would be no images there would be nothing it's that and so the images are put forth because of the room itself underneath you it's called a pepper illusion which is really really pretty cool named after john henry pepper he's a scientist who popularized the effect in 1862 so it's been around a long time uh you can also see this effect in the tower of terror when you see that long hallway with the with the mirror kind of coming towards you and it kind of breaks and crashes and there's the family down there at the end that's also done with a pepper's ghost effect uh, one of the things I love about this show, about doing the podcast, is that I'm actually able to look and research. And I know I'm kind of talking fast, and I'm kind of jumping around here, but because there's so much about the Haunted Mansion I just want to talk about, I, I could go on for like 30, 30 or 44 minutes, and I'm afraid I'm going to lose you here. But uh, I love talking about this. Um, the stretching room is another thing to, to consider, because when you go into the stretching room at Disneyland, you actually are going down an elevator like the, L- L- the the thing itself is actually lowering why because the train station runs around in a big circle and so as you're going into the haunted mansion from that that stretching room you're actually walking under the train tracks they couldn't move the train tracks so they they basically have to lower you into the ground with that elevator even though the room looks like it's stretching to go into the actual ride itself at the magic kingdom there was no problem with that but they wanted to recreate that itself so basically the, the it actually does stretch it actually does come up so you're not really moving anywhere the the ceiling stretches very very high as you go through um Thurl Ravenscroft is the singing bust, the main ghost bust of the graveyard scene. He's Thurl Ravenscroft. He also voiced Tony the Tiger, and I mentioned that a little while ago in in this show, and I want to make sure I got it right, but it is Thurl Ravenscroft. Um, The ghost host, like I said, was Paul Fries. Uh, Also, um, Madame Leona is the disembodied head inside the crystal ball. She is Eleanor Adley, who is the voices of Maleficent in Sleeping Beauty and the Wicked Stepmother in Cinderella. Um, And finally... As you're coming around into that last little thing there. I keep saying finally. I actually have three or four more things. As you're coming around in that last little thing there, you'll see the bride there. um, And you'll see she's kind of holding a little axe. Along the way, if you pay attention, this is before you get to the ballroom scene. um, Before you get to the graveyard scene. Before... As you go into that little room there, you'll see her kind of different images until you see her at the very end. If you'll notice at the very beginning of that, she is very um, she's very dressed down. She's very not very well-to-do, kind of ragged clothes. And at the end of it, she looks 
very, very nice. Very nice clothes, very nice wedding dress, very to the nines. And what happens is basically, and this is kind of my theory, as you go through there, every husband that she murders, she's taking a little bit more money from them. So she's able to get herself better and better and better. So by the time you get to the end of it, she's gone from, from pauper to awesome. And so something kind of fun there. As you're walking out of the Haunted Mansion, of course, you will see a, a pet cemetery off to the left. And uh, I saw it last month. Uh, Hurricane Irma has actually wreaked havoc on this thing, so they're going to have to repair some of the stones. Um, but you'll see pets and everything up there. You'll see a pet cemetery. Up in the top corner is Mr. Toad. There's a little statue of Mr. Toad, and that's put in place because the Imagineers got so much grief over Mr. Toad's wild ride being taken out. And people were wondering, when's Mr. Toad coming back? When's Mr. Toad coming back? You know what they did? They put that up there as a, as a gravestone to Mr. Toad to simply tell the fans... Mr. Toad is never coming back. This is where he is now. I don't think they're saying he's dead, but I'm thinking that's the symbolism of the ride is dead. It's never coming back. So that's Mr. Toad, which, by the way, for Hurricane Irma, all the other headstones were taken down. Guess which one was not was not damaged in the hurricane? Uh, that would be the Mr. Toad statue up in the left top corner. Of course, the three hitchhiking ghosts that you'll get at the end of the ride, Gus, Ezra, and Phineas. Gus is the short one with the ball and chain. Ezra is the tall one with the bowler hat. And Phineas is the one carrying the carpet bag. And you'll see them through the mirrors. Um, I'm not going to tell you how that's done. I think I want to let that magic uh, happen. I know how it's done. I've seen it actually done before. And I'm not going to tell you. If you want to look, go look it up. Um... Because I think it's it's pretty cool. So the Haunted Mansion is one of my favorite rides. I, I always suggest people go to the Haunted Mansion just because it looks really, really cool. Especially at night because it's kind of creepy and you hear the music and such. And and um, so anyway, thank you for letting me take you on this little little tour of the Haunted Mansion. Kind of throw some facts at you randomly. Uh, again, this is the Magic on a Dollar podcast. And I am once again thank, so thankful that you have joined us uh, as we wrap this thing up. You can find me online on Facebook at Disney on a dollar. Go there. That's the business page. That's where I put a lot of posts about upcoming events and things happening Disney-wise. You can also join our um, join our fan group, Magic on a Dollar. You'll notice some back and forth here, Disney and Magic back and forth. Uh, Magic on a Dollar on Facebook. That's our fan group. That's a little fan community that is growing ever so slightly. Um, go on there, and you can find on Instagram, I am Magic on a Dollar. At Twitter, I am Disney on a Dollar. And finally, the website is www.magicondollar.com. MagicAndDollar.com. And so that's where you can find me. I would love to help you out with your Disney trip. I am a certified Disney travel planner, certified by Disney and certified by Universal, by the way. I can do Universal Orlando as well. I specialize in all Disney locations here, uh, Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruises, Adventures by Disney, uh, Alani in Hawaii, and also Universal in Orlando, working on Legoland, working on SeaWorld as well, trying to get those down. I'd love to help you out with those. I can do tickets. I can do planning. I can do your Disney trip as well. This is my career. This is what I do for Tom and I love it. So I'm hoping you would just contact me, magic on a dollar at gmail.com for Disney travel planning. Um, by the way, it is complimentary. If you stay on property, it is a complimentary service to you. You don't pay anything extra. If you decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to do it all by my own, all myself, because I don't have to pay anybody. You would not pay any more or any less than you would if you went through me. Um, as a matter of fact, I like uh, helping people out. And I like helping people save money, and I do what I can to help them save money. Promotions are dropped like 3 in the morning sometimes. I'm up at 3, 3.30 in the morning hitting refresh on the computer until it appears and saving people money. matter of fact, I got to email somebody this morning and say, guess what? I just knocked off $700 off of your bill. Um you know, to help you for your Disney trip in January. And she was most appreciative, which is awesome. So that is me, magicandadollar at gmail.com. And this has been the Magic on a Dollar podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for downloading. I love having these Disney conversations. Again, it's one-sided. It really is like we're both sitting on a couch and in a chair in a living room talking about Disney, and I'm doing all the talking, which is 
pretty much me in a room anyway. So anyway, thanks again for listening. Thanks again for downloading. Tell a friend. Don't forget to visit MyResumeLady.com for all your resume marketing and LinkedIn help. Download Clay Shaver's podcast for Modeling Clay and keep downloading and subscribe. Go to iTunes and review the Magic Minute Dollar podcast. Thank you so much once again and thank a Phoenician. Oh, I didn't mean to frighten you prematurely. <laughs> the real chills come later. Now, as they say, look alive, and we'll continue our little tour. And let's all stay together, please. <laughs>